what's going on, Cryptoland. This is the Fun with Crypto podcast. My name is Phil. This is Season 2, Episode 10. This is going to be a relatively short episode. I'm going to post because uh, next week uh, I'm heading out to the uh, the MIT Bitcoin Expo. So I just want to uh, do some research and catch up and make sure that I'm I'm on with my points so that I can try to get some good interviews with some great BTC folks. I am going to post a link in the show notes for the MIT Bitcoin Expo so you guys could take a look at uh, who the speakers are and uh, what the venue is. But uh, yeah, like I said, today's going to be a short show. There was uh, one topic I've been meaning to take a look at now for a little while. Um, and this is a gentleman who definitely provides a lot to the Bitcoin space. I consider him to be, again, another person that is helping push the envelope and bring BTC to the masses. Um, his name is uh, Francis Puglio. Eventually, I'm going to eventually I'm going to reach out to him and see if he wants to actually sit down and talk with me. But uh, for now, we're just going to take a look at one of his projects uh, because he does have a few of them. But we're going to take a look at his bills.com website, and I'm going to post a link to that in the show notes as well. And essentially, right when you go to the website, it tells you pay bills and send money to anyone in Canada with Bitcoin. So that already sounds awesome. We are also going to take a look at another another site uh, or project called uh, OpenNode. I'm going to provide their link as well in the show notes. And essentially, um, what they do is, is they offer, um, they offer multiple services so that you can accept Bitcoin as payment. Um, and they also have an API service uh, for people who want to program against it. So anyways, uh, those are really the, uh, the two things we're going to look at and, uh, and then we're going to wrap it up. Okay. So let's get started by taking a look at Francis Puglio's bills.com. So. On this site, it's actually, and it's uh, for Canadians only uh, right now. I don't know if he has any plans to expand, but as of right now, it's just in Canada. Um, Canada's first and largest Bitcoin payment processing company since 2013. So according to them, you send us Bitcoin, we take care of the rest. No bank required. Um, And they boast instant conversion, automated settlements, uh, no burden on receipts, and according to, you know, according to them, um, they, you know, they offer a very easy payment experience. So, um, again, I mean, it's, it's only in Canada right now, but essentially, you know, if you want to be able to, uh, you know, to use this method to be able to process Bitcoin payments, it's definitely worth looking at. Uh, Francis has been around for a very long time. He's one of the people that uh, he's definitely one of the people I follow on Twitter. I also listen to him like anytime there's a podcast with him on, I, I will always listen to him. He is, I mean, he just has so much experience and has just a, a very, I, I find um, he explains things very simply, but he's also extremely technical. So anyways, Definitely check out bills.com uh, if you want to, again, if you're wanting to, to handle payments in Canada and you want to do it through Bitcoin, I definitely suggest this is the place, this is definitely the place to, uh, at least to start and take a look. Okay, so moving on, there is opennode.co uh, and they offer a very similar type of service, but 
So they offer shopping cart plugins, uh, currency support. They also have an API, um, fee-less Bitcoin withdrawals, and direct bank deposits. So their platform is also, uh, it's instant settlements. Um, you can create payment buttons that will use their service in order to process payments through Bitcoin. So, you know, again, that this is really, you know, the reason why I choose to, you know, to talk about all these different services and to take a look into this, it's just to show that, you know, the ecosystem is growing out and, you know, we're starting to make it easier and easier for people to be able to use and interact with Bitcoin. Now, I, I still think that... So I, I know that there's different ways that you can go and buy Bitcoin. Of course, you can go on local Bitcoins. Um, you know, you can all, obviously, if you know a person who has Bitcoin and they're willing to sell it to you, you can get it that way. Uh, that doesn't require the uh, the know your customer or KYC process, um, you know, where they have to take your identification, such as your license or your passport. So to in order to be able to you know, sign up to an exchange and purchase Bitcoin. So there's, you know, not everybody wants to give away all their information just to be able to have, you know, some Bitcoin. So I, I just, I, I think that that's still, unfortunately, the barrier to entry because, of course, you know, like, I, I don't know how many people are really going to, you know, use local Bitcoins. Um, and, you know, when I think about people like such as my parents, you know, who are like in their late 50s, you know, like, uh, let's say early 60s, you know, they're, you know, they're, it's like they're not interested in doing extra work in order to be able to use a, a currency, you know, like they, they like they're accustomed to this system. And, and again, you know, maybe Bitcoin isn't for them, you know, because Bitcoin is really for the future of money. So, you know, maybe they, they really just don't have a use for it, but I still think that we need to work towards lowering that barrier to entry in order to get those people to easily be able to purchase Bitcoin, to use Bitcoin, and to store it if they so choose. So, yeah, you know, it's just a, just a thought on the barrier to entry because, I, I you know, I, I do a lot of talks about the, the nodes and I do find that that has helped lower the barrier to entry for people that are technical, but not as technical as, you know, let's say a programmer, but they are still technical enough, let's say, to, you know, set up routers, you know, set up different programs on their computers. You know, they know their way around their computer very well. So like those people now have access to be able to run a lightning node and a Bitcoin node and to actually contribute to the system. So... I, I, the next step is really onboarding, you know, those those other those other hundred million people, the, the the people that are even less tech savvy, but are good enough that they can use their smartphone. You know, they can install an app, they can fill in their information. You know, like that's I, I think that that's really key. And I know, yes, we do have apps, and they are a little bit easier, but there's still there's still that barrier to entry. You know, for example, you know, take like a Lightning wallet, for example. So unless you already have Bitcoin, you will need to find a way to get Bitcoin to that wallet. So we're definitely narrowing that gap, but it's just something to think about. It's, uh, it's just something that's that's always on my mind. You know, anytime, anytime I'm discussing with anybody about purchasing Bitcoin, I, I'm always thinking of the barrier to entry. 
So I think that's going to do it for us this week. Um, yeah, I know it's a, it's just a short episode, but uh, I'll be back next week with something I think uh, I think that's going to be pretty awesome. So stay tuned. Anyways, if you want to reach out to me, I'm funwithcrypto at protonmail.com or you can reach me on Twitter or Telegram at CoinIcarus. Stay reckless, have fun, keep learning. Catch you all next time.